Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On today's episode of Just Healthcare Daily, we hear from Chuck Stokes, the former CEO of Houston-based Memorial Hermann Health System, about leading a hospital through the pandemic and how the workforce will change on the other side. It's Monday, June 29th, and I'm Alex Olgan with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Chuck Stokes has led health systems through hurricanes, infectious disease outbreaks, and other crises. But he says the length of the pandemic is stressing the health system beyond what any of those events did. Stokes retired in December from his position as CEO of Houston-based Memorial Hermann Health System. He now advises health system executives in his role at consulting firm Relia Healthcare Advisors. Stokes still lives in Houston, one of several cities in Texas that is now in the midst of a spike in coronavirus cases. I asked him, what could hospitals or the local government there do to help the city get through the surge? You have multiple healthcare systems in the same town or multiple hospitals in the same town. And they're just kind of out there doing what they're, they're doing the best job to take care of patients. But are they getting together, for example, and they are doing a better job of coordinating workforce resources, PPE, and other, other resources to take care of their community? Because one of the things that we've seen is, um, you know, like hospitals, I'll use example here in Houston, is all the hospitals are open to COVID patients. And so what that creates is it creates a a hesitancy for your patient to return to that, to any of those hospitals um, if they've had some elective procedure that they've been putting off or some urgent procedure that that they've just not attended to because they're scared to go back to to that hospital. So why can't communities of hospitals and providers get together and say, go to the mayor and say, you know, we've got a big convention center. Let's turn this convention center into a COVID hospital. And this is our community COVID resource. And we will staff it with physicians and nurses and pharmacists and respiratory therapists from our hospitals so that we keep our hospitals clean and we allay the fear of the public for going coming back to our hospitals for elective and urgent procedures Uh, once this pandemic is over. You've led hospitals through other disasters, hurricanes, smaller scale infectious disease outbreaks and mass shootings. What are lessons learned from those situations that could be applied for leading a hospital through a pandemic? 
but we all uh, did what we needed to do to um, to prepare our communities and prepare our hospitals for those type events. But I don't think that any of us have ever experienced anything like COVID-19. We've never experienced shortages like PPE. We've never experienced where our caregivers, our physicians, our nurses, pharmacists, respiratory therapists, et cetera, were literally, they were the people carrying out the care, but they were also the people uh, at the bedside when uh, these individuals were dying and their family members could not come in because of obvious uh, how contagious this virus is. And they did this day in and day out. And of course, we know the horror stories from New York and New Jersey and, and other places across the country. And so it's kind of, it's very different. And uh, again, we are learning things on the fly uh, as we uh, prepare, uh, as we try to prepare to care for our communities with this pandemic. You talk with current hospital or health system CEOs. What are you advising them to do during the pandemic? There are some just common sense things that you got to be honest with your staff and honest with your physicians about the, what's going on in the organization. So just constant communication, daily communication. If you've got a daily dashboard about how you're doing, the patient census of COVID, et cetera, um, any kind of progress reports. You can't over-communicate enough. Being visible with your leadership, you can't stay at home or stay in your office as a leader. You have to be out and talking to staff, and I know it's risky, uh, and I know that, but that is really what it takes, and really clearly articulating that go-forward plan. The healthcare workforce has been through a lot, treating infectious patients with limited personal protective gear and the trauma of seeing so many people die. And now furloughs or layoffs. There was already a shortage of primary care doctors and some nurses and other healthcare workers. Are you concerned that that shortage will get worse after the pandemic and people leave the field? The workforce is, again, consumed of a lot of baby boomers and baby boomers are retiring. And they're probably not going to retire because healthcare workers don't have a tendency to walk out of an organization in the middle of a crisis. But again, uh, post COVID, you may very well see retirement accelerate with um, with healthcare workers because again, you have to remember a lot of them that are approaching retirement age. They have survived HIV. They've survived getting hepatitis, SARS, Ebola. H1N1 and now uh, COVID. And I think you're going to see a lot of healthcare workers just say, I'm, I'm retiring and I'm done. Do you think only clinical staff or do you also think hospital managers or executives will want to leave? It's a good question because I think that, again, you've got managers and you've got senior level executives uh, at, in the baby boomer category. And so it's just like I retired at the end of December, I've been doing this for um, for 40 years, and it was time to retire. I do think that there are a lot of executives that are approaching retirement. Their jobs over the next three to five years is going to be very challenging because they are going to be constantly dealing with restructuring, reorganiz reorganization, downsizing, dealing with furloughing uh, their staff. 
And so you may very well see some executives that are near that retirement age say, you know what, I'm, uh, I thought I might work three to five more years, but maybe I'll, uh, maybe now's a good time to do that. And that's going to leave a hole. Uh, that's going to leave a significant leadership hole uh, in the industry. Coming out of this pandemic, if lots of people are retiring or leaving healthcare because of the trauma or work conditions, how will the workforce change? We're going to have to reimagine our workforce. If you look at an advanced nurse practitioner, they do about 70 to 75 percent of what a, um, a physician does in the office setting. So why can't you take that same metaphor and apply that to nursing or physical therapy or respiratory therapy or any of the allied health professionals and say, we're going to have to train more technically oriented people in order to meet the healthcare needs of the baby boomers that are consuming all these resources for the next 25 years. Now, it sounds good and it sounds easy, but you're going to have to, the challenge is going to be getting educational systems to embrace that model and change their curriculum. And you're going to have to get the associations that license and certify nurses, physicians, the AMA, the ANA, and all these other associations that license and certify their uh, professionals to agree that this is work that can be done by, uh, by a technician. But we know that it works. We've seen it. We've seen it work in the military. It works with medics and corpsmen. And as you get into like telemedicine and telehealth, you're going to need technical assistance for the physician to help, you know, make the telemedicine visit seamless and make it efficient, et cetera. You talk about collaboration. What about hospitals and doctors working with public health entities more closely? It seems like our fragmented healthcare system became a lot more problematic during the pandemic. One of the things that the pandemic has pointed out is that the relationship between public health and acute care healthcare in this country, uh, and you could say post-acute care, has not been a cohesive or a seamless process. It's very fragmented. We're going to have to really reimagine our workforce um, post-pandemic. And I think you're going to see, again, more technical roles. I think you're going to see some new positions that probably didn't exist before. And some examples of that would be, um, you see the trackers and tracers. I mean, there's a a surge in the country of trying to get people trained for to do tracking and tracing. That was Chuck Stokes, founding partner of Relia Healthcare Advisors and former CEO of Houston-based Memorial Hermann Health System. Thanks for listening to Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.